Tonga's Prime Minister, Seosi Sobaleni Huakavameliku, enters his second year in power after a rocky start to his term. The 52-year-old was sworn in as the 18th Prime Minister of Tonga on January 12th last year, just three days before the eruption of the Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai volcano, which would result in the displacement of entire island communities. Amid the recovery and rebuild, Hokaba Meliku has also had to navigate the kingdom through its first COVID outbreak. RNZ Pacific's Finau Funua sat down with Hokaba Meliku for a brief interview on the 12th of January as the kingdom prepared to commemorate the first year anniversary of the Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai eruption. That day the eruption happened, can you describe it? It, it, it's one of those days. It was a pretty busy day. I, I had a few uh, community events, which, you know, it's only about two weeks since we were, you know, in government. So we were uh, still meeting communities, villages, churches. Uh, so I was, I was basically at home. Uh, it was a, uh, we had a church, uh, a community who actually visited us back in my place. Uh, when we heard uh, you know, these, those loud noises. Initially, we thought it was thunder, but then it turns out it was the volcano. We got some uh, notification that, you know, uh, it was an eruption. Uh, so we basically phoned up the whole services because people had to go. Uh, and then after that, you know, uh, it, it, it was scary, but at the same time, uh, most of my time I was just worrying about what's happening, finding out you know, what's happening here, who's affected, and you know, the scope of the problems and all that. Uh, but at the same time, I'm mindful that I'm there with my family. You know, what would be the best course of action in terms of whether we are evacuating or staying home? Uh, but it, that's what went through my mind. To spend three days without any communication, that must have been chaos. It was, but then at the same time, I mean, there was a lot of things happening, you know. We, we, we sent out people to find out what's happening in, in uh, affected communities, especially the western side. We sent boats out to the islands when we found out that uh, you know, there was a, a tsunami. Uh, and because of the lack of communication, we had to send patrol boats out to the other islands just to find out what's happening and see what we can do to actually help, uh, you know, those affected communities. Uh, so, yes, uh, the, the, uh, we, uh, we, I think some of our efforts were hampered because we didn't have international communication. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we had a lot of uh, things going on that kept us pretty busy. Uh, that, you know, it, it was, uh, it was definitely eye-opening that when we, start having uh, access uh, through some of the uh, embassies here, through some of the high commissions, uh, to, to actually see some of the photos of, uh, of what actually happened you know, from the outer space and so forth. Uh, but at, at, at those couple of days, it was more about, you know, finding out what's happening and working out our response, uh, making sure that families are safe, uh, relocating some of the islands over down here. So it, that, that kept us busy and uh, didn't give us much time to worry about other stuff. The decision to resettle the Mongol and Atatau people, um, why was that decision made? It, it was considered that uh, those communities are especially vulnerable. 
uh, and so the, the estate holder uh, with uh, the communities themselves actually decide maybe this will be the best course of action rather than rebuilding uh, in the islands they say okay I'll build it in uh, this new less vulnerable uh, places what's the biggest challenge now you're on from the eruption what's the biggest challenge that Tom is facing well, it's, it's since we're, we're relocating some of the community itself out, uh, I guess uh, some of them are not used to where they are right now because I mean they grew up in a small, very small islands. Now they're in Tongatapu or in Eowa. Uh, so helping them get over that, uh, uh, building their livelihood, uh, you know, they, they, the way they live their lives is a little bit different in the other islands uh, than down here. So helping them. Uh, we adjust uh, their way of life to, uh, you know, to the new environment they're in. I think that's one of the big, especially focusing on them. But on, on the higher level, the economic stuff, I mean, uh, rebuilding that, we are reallocating some of our resources uh, to actually rebuilding not just houses, but infrastructures and, and what have you. Uh, so that, that means that we are leaving some of our other priorities. Uh, so hopefully we can, once we address some of what we're, uh, what we're doing for those affected communities, we can uh, address some of the other issues that we have to leave behind because we are reallocating resources. And at the same time, we appreciate uh, the assistance from New Zealand, Australia and other neighboring counties. They came to our assistance uh, straight after, uh, providing not, not just food and water, but also uh, temporary building materials and whatever so that we can actually get some shelters up uh, for the affected families. Just one more question, the commemoration service, could you describe, oh sorry, the exhibition. Exhibition and, well I mean the government have decided that you know we really, it's basically uh, uh, an exhibition, you know, raising awareness, uh, especially uh, for, for kids and uh, and, and uh, on Sunday services, actually, you know, thank the Lord that we're still here. Uh, and that's basically it. I think that uh, we have uh, uh, acknowledged the assistance from uh, our various partners. But I think we, uh, the key event for us to actually uh, acknowledge that we're placing. And uh, through that, we're still here in Tonga. And uh, hopefully, that, that things will. Uh, getting better.